now recording. Start? What's yeah, it's fine. I'll just cut it out. What's up? Okay. No, I was gonna say I want to talk about this Rogan AI podcast. That's it. Oh yeah, let's do that. Welcome back to He's Abroad. This is Jason <laughs> here in Brooklyn, joined as always by John, who's abroad in New Zealand. What's going on, John? Oh man, this is the hardest. The hardest I've worked as a human being. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's ever. Oh. It might be ever. This is it's weird because you you work when you start doing a ridiculous amount of hours, it starts to become normal. Mm. So my fear is the minute that we finish the, the one of the biggest projects of all time, and you're working like forty hours a week again, I'm going to be bored. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just going to be like, what am I? What am I going to do with my time? Like, I don't. Totally. I I don't understand working a nine to five anymore. I've never worked a nine to five ever. Mm-hmm. So I have no idea what it feels like. Like, what do you do after? F- five o'clock or like after four uh, thirty. like what do you do you make an elaborate dinner is that is that what it is is that what you do when you work nine to five and you get home at let's say like i know if you live in new york you get home at six but everywhere else you get home at like five thirty. and like is that what yeah. you do you just make an elaborate dinner i don't think so no um i actually it's a good question when i was when i was working remote i mean you kind of had a taste of it right when you were remote and things were, I don't know, maybe not as crazy as they are now. No, they were still, I mean, it was like 55 hours crazy, but like mm. 40 hours a week, Monday to Friday, nine to five. Or you know what? Let's even say this, like eight to four, right? Just like not, you work eight hours a day. Yeah. Like, what do you do? Like, what do you do with all this free time? I'm curious to know if you work a nine to five, please let me know what you do with the, the other what 128 hours that you have free cururious cooking's got to be part of it i feel like if I you guess, have i mean time, i guess a lot of video games right a lot uh, of content is consumed definitely media content for sure because i i have like i have a cousin who watches so many shows and i don't know how the fuck he does it it's impossible he works granted, nine to five <laughs> yeah he's a teacher there you go i mean that's so not even, even nine to five. working a back. teacher is what seven thirty to two yeah but I just don't understand like how, but I guess I, I compare the media that I consume and in different, it's in different forms. Like I listen to a ton of hours of podcasts, but I'm, well, it's always commuter. during, and it's during commuting, but I'm also yeah. simultaneously playing games while I'm listening to podcasts sure. while I'm on the train or even while I'm at home playing a game. So like the games I consume, people are like, oh my God, that's a lot of games. But then it's like, well, yeah, but I've never seen an episode of Game of Thrones. Yeah. I've never, I've never watched Shit's Creek, you know. Yeah, again, there's I've a never, lot of t- yeah. television that gets a lot of Netflix and television is watched a yeah. lot. I mean, it's why it's the, it's still the largest growing, like compared to movies, right? Like the number of television shows we're producing, yeah, is astronomical. Like it's yeah. crazy the number of shows that people like this, like this show Foundation. Everyone tells me how awesome this show is. Foundation. And no idea what it was. No idea. It's like some sci-fi epic that apparently looks really good. It's like a great mm-hmm. look. And I think it's an Apple TV thing, I think. Oh. But apparently it's awesome. And everyone's like, you got to okay. watch this. And I'm like, where do you even find out about this? Like, what is this? And I'm, yeah. I'm, in the, I'm in this industry. I'm part of the creation of television content. And there's so many things that come out. Stuff just comes and goes. And you don't even yeah. realize it. It's weird. Totally. Yeah. So there's that. Um, you know, you can be a dork and read. I like reading. Okay, fine. Could be a, that, that's nothing. There's nothing wrong with that. Not yeah, gonna, but I just I feel like I need an act. I'd want an active hobby, and unfortunately, I think my hobby would jog? be just. It would be just doing what I do at work. Mm. 
but like for myself, right? Like that's a bit of oh, a sure. problem. Like your hobby goes from sitting at the computer to sitting at the computer longer because it's what you really enjoy to do. This is why you probably shouldn't do hobbies for your job. Totally. Because it's hard to get uh, away from them. <laughs> yeah. Hobbies are a big part of it. And I think what well, the question is, is watching, I guess, yeah, watching and consuming media is a hobby. It is sure. now. Yeah. And I mean, a lot of people consume media while they're also on their phone, right? Like a lot of people watching TikTok as television content is in front of them. So oh, they're yeah. not even really consuming. It's kind of doing what you're doing with podcasts, but because your other hobby is the active hobby, your video mm-hmm. game playing, podcast is a hobby is a hobby that can be passive, right? You can do almost anything while you listen to a podcast. Yep. Yeah. So it, it yeah. how you consume it is interesting. I I don't know how many people I guess a lot of people do consume podcasts while I do. Music is one of those things where you can do everything simultaneously while you're listening to music as well. Yes. And you're not really unless you're really trying to dive into listening to the meaning of what you're listening to, you're not really missing out so much on what you're consuming yeah. because it's there. It's just there. Whereas, and and yeah, there's, there's tons of nuance to that and that's an overgeneralization. But the difference that I'm trying to make here is that when listening to a podcast, if I'm playing a game that requires reading or if I'm doing work that requires any sort of attention or, or like any bit of brain power that's over the threshold of let's say 15%, right? One of those things is going to be ignored. I mean, they're not going to be understanding what I'm putting in or not focusing on the task at hand, or I'm going to just basically zoom past our like minutes of, of podcast without knowing what the hell people are just talking about for that period of time. Hmm. So like when I'm listening to a podcast and I'm playing like perfect example, I'll talk about it later, which is I'm playing a golf game on my switch, right? That's the perfect type of game that you could do with, beginning to end listening to a podcast and not lose yeah because any the sound anything important, right story is not important sounds not important correct it's, you lose nothing playing around a golf and i need to keep playing rounds of golf to do something yeah. yeah and in a way similarly like if i'm playing something like xenoblade or an rpg okay. like the time between story perfect for that but then once it comes to story it's like okay well the podcast has to be paused so that i can read and digest what's actually happening otherwise it's like who are they what are they doing or i'm missing the podcast and you know the essential knowledge that I'm getting from whatever podcast is I'm listening to. Yeah, Such as good. the interview yeah. with Barack Obama that I just listened to on Positive America. Yeah, look, I mean, it's it's interesting how we consume media, and it's part of the reason why working on giant projects like the one I'm on is interesting, right? Because this is something that is going to command, it needs to be viewed in a way that commands your entire attention to really stick. Mm-hmm. Like you can't watch big blockbuster films. I mean, look, I'll use Dune as an example, right? Like, sure. That's something that I kind of went into ready to passively watch until that opening scene with the the soundtrack, the visuals, and I said, "Oh no, I got to actually watch this." Like, it's awesome. This is like everything comes together. It's the best chunk of a movie ever made. Yeah, look, it's it's why it's why film is so powerful when it does all of that at once. Like all the movies that I like are, it's visual, the story just needs to be okay, it needs to carry me through the visuals and the audio. Like, honestly, mm. you can make a movie that's complete nonsense. I mean, hell, like, Inception is kind of complete nonsense as a movie. Like, sure, it makes you. sense, but, like, mm. the story's real convoluted. Tenet is the same way, right? Like, the stories are convoluted, and a lot of Nolan's films work like that. But from an audio and a visual standpoint, you know, I would say the best filmmaker of our of our generation, really from start to finish of a film 
even though the story is a mess. But you can sit there for two hours and go, oh, I'm having fun. I'm seeing beautiful things and I'm listening to things that immerse me in a world. Mm. And so that's why I struggle to, to, you know, when I watch television, it'd be passive. But I struggle to, to watch good films passively. Like, it's, it's hard for me to do. Yeah. Yeah, for real. Makes sense. It's a, I mean, it's a full, you know, it's that full experience. That's just how it goes. Yeah, and it's one but, of those things where it's like movie theaters kind of dying because, yeah, look, we're moving on. We, everyone's, I mean, I'm in an office right now and I've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight screens on my desk. It's too many screens. I mean, but this, this, is, this is where we are. We're in a world full of screens and commanding for attention for you to sit down somewhere with no access to any of these screens to watch one really, really big screen is hard to do for people who don't take a specific interest in this. So I you know, now it. I'm counting. Now I'm counting my screens. Does a, a does a does a smartwatch count as a screen? It does, yeah. Right? Yep. Okay. Cool. So I got one. So I got. I actually have two smartwatches. Talk about that in a little because I just got <laughs> I just got the Pixel Watch. Trying that out for a couple of weeks. See if I like it. Oh yeah. Um. So I got my old watch that's off. I got my new watch which is on and charging. Then I got my analog pocket, which I've turned on once. Um, that's on my desk, and it's been there for about uh, six months now. Got my phone, and I got my computer, and then I got my screen. So it's one, two, three, four, five, six. I got six screens. Yeah. So it, it doesn't take computer? long no. to start adding up the number of screens that command, right? It's something that commands your attention. Yeah. Like your watch makes a noise. It commands your attention. Versus no, looking it's at not, it's silent. It's not. It's not making noise. Okay. It's but you, you get it's my vibrate. <laughs> but yeah. Anyways, I, th- I think it's just it's it's interesting. Just if you have one of those watches and it's yeah. not on vibrate, fuck you. Like go fuck yourself. Like I, I have no problem saying that. Like if it's I mean, on I think your if wrist, you have a phone that's not on vibrate. That's not on. I mean, I would say silent. But fine. You want your phone to vibrate? I get it. But yeah. people who have their phone like with actual volume up, you know what that says to me? You got you nothing don't. important going on in your life. <laughs> nothing if you have a phone where the audio where it rings and you get you get the nokia ringtone hmm. y- you are not contributing enough to society just just gonna say it oh my god everyone nokia else has their tone. phone on silent or vibrate right because you're normally busy doing stuff like no one has their phone on audio ever not anymore like, like if there's a notification and it goes off like anymore now, like put it on silent. Like the rest of the world who's busy and doing stuff and in meetings or having discussions or working a job where you kind of need to listen to what's going on, right? Like I don't care whether you're working at McDonald's or you're or, you know, you're you're mowing the lawn and that's your job, or if you're working in an office, normally your phone's on silent or you need it to vibrate in your pocket. But vibrate. to have it on audio mode, unless you're like driving a truck. It's rude. Right, like I would say, unless you're driving a. If truck. If you're driving, if you're driving, I could see it. I could see. Yeah, it. like if you're driving a truck, again, and it mostly, doesn't yeah, matter. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like if you're in any place where you got to interact with other people for longer than five minutes, your phone is going to be <laughs> on silent. Totally. Yeah, but it, a watch, it's a watch. It's connected to your. It's touching your wrist. Why would you like the defaults on this watch made noise? And I was like, stop immediately. <laughs> It couldn't, it couldn't, I couldn't have turned that off any sooner. It's like, why the hell would you ever need, like, what would be a better way of telling you, hey, there's a thing going on than having your wrist shake? I mean, I, I mean, unless you're like running, maybe, but then you then got what? headphones on, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. And I would so, still assume that something vibrating on your arm would make you, you definitely go, oh, feel yeah, my watch is But also, on. what are you doing? You're, what, what kind of alerts do you need to interact with when you're running anyway? 
Well, it's attached to your phone, right? Like that's the yeah. I, you know, I'm just I'm, saying, I'm, I'm like, a, what are you going to do? Watch user, how so are you going to? How are you going to respond to this alert when you're running? You know, what are you going to do? Can you no talk way. into it? Like, can you hit like send message yeah, and you can talk, totally. right? So yeah, I mean, you can do that, that, I guess. But it doesn't get. I I find I text with proper grammar, right? <laughs> okay. Um, are you? I, do you not attach thumbs up to responses to? To messages like the, the the clickbait. Here's how we get generations to hate each other. Um, um, by this article that came out that said general Generation Z is offended by the thumbs up attached to your message. You know, I saw that headline and I was like, nope, clickbait. No, nope, clickbait. You're not getting it. You're not getting it's my clickbait. click. I'm not. <laughs> I disagree with the thesis of this. I don't care what your explanation is. If it really offends somebody that I'm interacting with, they can tell me as such. Otherwise, I'm not. I'm not dealing with this shit. They I'm did sorry. this. They did this with millennials. Use... Like they do this with every generation. They do this with like, yeah. This generation doesn't do this. Let's write articles about how this generation is different from the people who are actually going to read it. When it's like, hey, I'm a millennial and I'm trying to understand Generation Z, and I'm just going to keep clicking on clickbait yeah. articles that tell me why they're different from me. They did the oh, same the thing cry, with everybody. The else. cry laughing emoji is now not cool. I don't yes. care. Yeah, I like, don't care. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not trying to be cool. All right. Yeah. I'm not. Because I don't have like, to. <laughs> exactly. I'm just cool by default. You know that. Everybody knows. Everybody who knows me knows this. It's a fact, right? Yeah. So, so I'm using my dope ass Pixel Watch like a badass. <laughs> Man, I mean, you couldn't have sounded more old. <laughs> than... <laughs> right. So, um, yeah. I mean, it, it, look, thumbs up emojis are perfect. It's and honestly, I'd rather get. I swear to God, I'd rather get a thumbs up emoji than a K. Any day. Well, yeah, it's it's an, like, it's an acknowledge dude, it's an it's an yeah. acknowledgement that I've seen what you've sent me, versus yeah. like when I respond to you, it's generally passive aggressive. Like, like K, yeah. is there anything like is there anything worse than than writing to somebody and then they just say K, the letter like, K, like, that's it. Like my go to, if I want to be passive aggressive or dismissive, is either okay, fine, mm-hmm. or fair enough. I think fair enough for me fair is enough, the most yeah. passive aggressive thing I do at work. When someone's like, "Well, it needs to be this," and I go, "All right, fair enough." Yeah, <laughs> that's like, the, that's yep. the Bill Burr. That's the Bill Burr strategy, and it's perfect. Fair yeah. enough is perfect because it's like this conversation's over. Pretty get much. what you want. I'll do it, and it's either like that. Fair enough can be so many things, but it ultimately means this is the end of the conversation. Yes, it pretty much means like, <laughs> "All right, I'm done. I've got nothing more to add to this. I agree yeah. with you, even though you know I don't agree with you. So fair enough, fine. That's what you want me to do. I'll do it. Fine, fair enough." Yeah. yeah, that's like uh, we'll do these things at work where we like do these uh, get all this feedback from people. And I'm like, look, everybody, I want to hear everybody's opinion, right? Everybody's opinion, no matter how outlandish it is. And when you open that up, you get a lot of outlandish shit. Yes, you do. Cause and you for it. <laughs> exactly. And that's fine because you sometimes will find gold in that. And that's the goal, right? Like you're really panning for yeah. gold in those situations. Well, yeah, you got to sift through a yeah. lot of nonsense to get the thing. Totally. You really need. So when when something starts going on a tangent and I'm just like, well, we're not doing that. I'll just at the end of it would just be like noted, and then yeah, <laughs> move yeah. On. It's like, like noted. I acknowledge that you sent this, but I'm also going to acknowledge that I'm not going to do anything about it. Yeah, like yeah, don't don't hope on this, but I do. That's like a good way to do it. And then the problem is like I that's actually worn off. And then my developers, I'll say something and they say no, and I'm like, you know what? Fuck you, fuck you, because <laughs> I know what that means. Oh, so that's how it goes sometimes, but um. Yeah, man. K, 
can't deal with it. I'd rather you said fair enough. I'd rather you say no. To, I, it's, but K is just like, give me the thumbs up. Give me the thumbs up instead of a K. K yeah. implies that you're mad at me and I don't know why. But yeah, can't look, I mean, you're, you know, when you look at generations, they're going to keep giving you these articles that make you feel like, I can't believe what's going on with kids today, even though what kids today are doing is the same thing kids yesterday and the kids the day before did, only there's new technology and new ways to do them. So you don't understand them. That's yeah. it. I'll tell you what I used to like, and I still kind of do like go on. Uh, I mean, I guess this is partly this podcast is going on meandering tangents about things that have no meaning. Maybe what I should do is start a uh, a medium account and just write like versions of this. Yeah, be like <laughs> if I see something about that, then I'll just be like, "Here's why you know, here here's how K makes me feel." If you want to be a writer, that's what you do, right? That's where you mm-hmm. and again, like that's that's one of those things where it's like, okay, I I want to change from my law career or my career that I use my English degree for, and I want to write. So I'm going to start a medium article or Substack because I learned that Substack is is where all the millennials go now. Oh, is that better? Yeah. So Substack is where you go. Like if you're like, hey, I'm starting my own, I'm starting my own media empire because I'm tired of working for BuzzFeed. So I'm going to start a Substack where I can stretch my writing muscles to write stuff. So yeah, yeah. and like people can subscribe to your Substack and you can find the read. That's that's where the millennials are going now is Substack. Right. So like so yeah, start a Substack, Substack account and just write about stuff. And yeah. people can subscribe to your writing if they like it. And then that's how you start your media empire. Should I just, should, should, my Substack should just be like, I'm not reading your article about why I can't use the. And yeah, then it's I, like finding articles. And started off with, to be clear, I did not read the article. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Like that's what you got to, and that's the, you got to go the satirical route because millennials are, you know, they're, they're unironically trying to be ironic to stuff yeah. that they is like oh well yeah yeah like it's you know it's part of the comedy of our generation um because everyone thinks that they work at the office yeah well so. yeah anyway look we haven't recorded for a while let's go backwards first of all i got this pixel watch okay got that yesterday so are you getting the new pixel 7 phone i've been considering mm-hmm. it since i will be headed back to the states so and I, I normally can't. try and get a new Pixel phone, and the Pixel Seven looks like—I mean, look, my Pixel Three is still the best phone I've ever owned. This thing still rocks. the 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 battery life is still great. Wow! Um, but the Pixel Seven is out, and I've not bought a new Pixel in four years. So, but you got your folds. You got your dope ass. I do. Phone. You know what though? My fold is having issues. My fold oh. likes to freeze and restart. And I took Damn. it to the service center, and they said there's nothing wrong with it. Oh. And and then I had a woman at the service center try to tell me that resetting my phone more than once would void my warranty. Hmm. That's interesting. And that was a fun discussion to explain to her how that's software crazy. Works. Yeah. And I said that's not how any of she's <laughs> So I, I guess I should tell but before you get into your story quickly. Um okay. yeah, so my phone keeps freezing, right? So you use it, it just freezes and it reboots. So I talked to Samsung and say, hey, look, something obviously is wrong with this. And so they send me to a local location where they'll go and fix your phone. So I go in there and I'm like, hey, I'm going to reset my phone because I've got a bunch of stuff on here that I don't really want you using. And then her response to me immediately was, well, we don't look at anything. And I said, mm. the fact that that was your response when I said I want to reset my phone tells me that you do. Because that was the very first thing you said was, oh, no, we don't look at anything. And I said, hey, yeah. sorry, I work for a company at a high enough position that you actually cannot see what's on my phone. So I reset it. And then, of course, it takes a week. And New Zealand customer service is awful. Different story for a different day. And I eventually call her and say, hey, so what's going on with my phone? You said this would be done in like three days. What's up? 
And then they took me to three different people, and she goes, oh, well, because you reset your phone, we, 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 we can't fix it. I said, what? <laughs> oh, yeah, well, he can't recreate the problem. Okay, cool. So I guess I'm going to just come pick up my phone, and if it doesn't work, I'll be back here. Is that what you want me to do? And she says, yeah. So I go back in there, and she goes, you know, and when you reset the phone, it voids the warranty. And I go, no, it doesn't. She goes, no, no. It, I go, no, it doesn't. I, I'll, I'll tell you how this works. Resetting the phone to factory default will never void the warranty of any electronic because that's not how she goes. Oh well, it puts it puts stress on the motherboard. That's stupid. And I, I and I'm sitting here. I'm going. No, it doesn't. I, I'm not taking this as it. She goes. No, no. It, I go. No, I'm telling you that it doesn't. <laughs> like we can sit here and have this conversation, but I I work in enough software to understand that's not how any of this works. And eventually she goes, well, we know that you know. And I go, well, how do you know that I know? And I could tell that she was, this was devolving for her because I was like, no, no, no. Like this is, you're used to dealing with this Kiwi nonsense. You telling me that resetting my phone is going to void my warranty? I ain't having it because that's not how this is going to work ever. And so anyways, we went back and forth. I took my phone back. Of course, as soon as I start using it again, it starts to freeze again. And then I caught COVID. So I've not been able to go back there because I got to leave my phone, which is a pain. So it works well enough to use for like 30 minutes. And then at some point, it will just freeze on any random app, right? She's like, do you have games on your phone? I'm like, no, I don't have games on my what phone. What does that have to do with anything? What does that have to do with anything? Making stuff up. Anyways, this was infuriating. Oh, my God. The good thing, no. is, the good thing is Samsung has two-year warranty on their phones. So I'm just at the beginning of year one. So it's like, fine. I'll deal with it. And when I get a chance, I'll go back there and go, hey, this phone that you said was supposed to work doesn't work again it's still freezing you need to fix this so i've been using my 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 pixel 3 more and this phone's rock solid this phone's great the only downside is that i can't charge it with a regular usb-c charger anymore because the the port is just stretched out a little too much so it doesn't the charger Mm -hmm. doesn't stay in but i've got the contactless charging and it's beautiful phone's great yeah well yes the pixel watch (laughs) no the the pixel 7 is gonna be good i can't get I, I usually get the kind of normal year. I'd get like a new phone every year. Um, but I got the Pixel Pass last year. Hmm. So I actually can't get the... So I won't be getting the Pixel 7 because I can't. But my 6 Pro is still is still rocking like a champ. Like the... Uh, I had some weird battery life issues, but that seems to be resolved with the software update. So that's Ooh, good. There's a, there's a lemongrass. Oh, yeah. Love to, you got to get some got to get some fancy color. Yeah, well, there's only like three lemongrass. colors. Lemongrass, snow, and obsidian. They always have that one off white black color, and that's always my favorite. Um, and then they usually screw you with storage options and various things. But anyway. Well, look, my uh, hope yeah. is, right, the reason why I haven't been using my Pixel phone is because the way, you know, I we I got Google Fi because it allowed me to travel the world with connection, right? Yep. And then they kind of changed their terms and services where if you use the Wi-Fi for long enough and they go, you haven't been back in the States for a year, they actually mm. cut it off. They get you. So because I haven't been able to get back. I've not used it. So when I get back to the States in December, I'll obviously use this phone because it's got a phone number and it's going to have service. And I'll mm-hmm. probably need to get it. I'll get the Pixel 7 and then use that while I'm now traveling around. So Yeah. 7, I, I mean, look, it's apparently great. Um, and look, the, the price, price isn't too awesome. bad compared no. to normal phones. It's actually not awful. It's actually pretty good. So. Yeah, it's great. It's really, really good. Um, so yeah, I got the watch. And this thing is gorgeous. Like as as far as smartwatches go, look, I'm not a fashionista. I don't know if people know that about me. Not a fashionista. Um, you don't say. Really cool. Not a fashionista. 
that's really the the two things to know about me. Um, but this thing is beautiful. Like it, it is a really good looking watch. Um, like way classier looking than the Galaxy. Like I, I'm upgrade. This is from the Active Two, which I had before, and those look more fitness focused. Where they're huge. This thing is hmm. small. It's nice. It's sleek. Feels great. Um, battery life TBD, but I hear it's bad. Um, usually, <laughs> I charge overnight on a nightly basis, so that's cool. Um, I'm not really too concerned as long as it lasts me through the day. I'm good. Um, I like that it's Wear OS. Uh, that's Google's mobile platform, which the Galaxy watches now have, but they didn't before. Hmm. And I just like having the best thing about a smartwatch is that you don't have is that phones are so big now that you get alerts and you don't have to take your phone out. So like while you're walking around, I walk around a lot, so. As a result, it's good. Not have to fumble your phone. You just take a peek, okay, and ignore, and you move on. So, My only issue with this watch, as well. cool. looking at photos of this, is it's very round. It is round. It's a circle. That's <laughs> by definition, circles are round. It's a big bubble. Mm-hmm. It's not big though. It's very. Uh, it's very sleek. It's way. It's a lot sleeker than the. Have you seen the the Apple Watch Ultra? No. Holy shit! <laughs> that thing's enormous. It's like. <laughs> oh yeah that's big yeah yeah. it's like the calculator big. watch of smartwatches. now tech wise <laughs> it's incredible but it's also like if you're not the rock it's stupid <laughs> <laughs> if you have a normal size wrist yeah 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 if you if you don't have a like a wrist the size of most people's torsos then it's going to be weird <laughs> um so this is cool especially for my dainty wrists yes i got dainty yeah, cool. wrists add that to the list of adjectives so yeah, so far sure. so good i'll keep i'll keep you posted i got two weeks until uh, to decide if i'm going to keep it or not all right. um, but I like I like the experience so far and I really like the comfort. What I dislike the most is I have this awesome charger that I've been traveling with, this wireless charger from Samsung where like on the left side I can place my phone, on the right side I can place the watch. And because of the way they have the band set up, so the way most watches work is they have like these kind of anchor points. So the the um, I'm trying to figure out how to explain this, but basically the band doesn't connect directly to the watch face. Hmm. So as a result, you could kind of lay the thing flat and prop up the, the band if you take it off and lay it on a table. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So so that the watch face would actually touch the ground that it's on. So that's why the plate works. With this watch, the band actually connects directly to the to the watch itself, to the watch face. So okay, as a result, yep. it can't lay flat. It'll be propped up by the band. Now, this might change depending on the band you have. But as a result, it's like kind of rigid at the top. So I can't use that charging plate. And you also can't charge from your phone because it can't stay connected. Technologically speaking, it works. But because of the way that it's designed, it can't lay flat on one of these plates for long enough. So it has to use these like little pucks. To, to charge which is yeah. kind of annoying but that's more of like a temporary thing it's like well shit now i have to have another thing plugged in or replace yeah. things that I've plugged in before so it's just like you know it's a change but we'll see how the day-to-day works because if day-to-day it's a lot more comfortable it's a lot better it's a lot smoother the battery life's not an issue then yeah i'll probably keep it but yeah. um for anybody else gen 2 of this thing's gonna be fucking awesome so yeah i've just never been able to get into like the fitness watch i've used but like i just for whatever reason i've never been i'm a fiddler Mm -hmm. and so having a watch i feel like i'm always playing with it Mm. and for whatever reason i just never as much as i love watches i'm just never able to do it um i tend to have pretty active 
hands. Like if there's something that's in sight that I can play oh. with or move around with, I'll I'll mess with it all the time. Gross. So uh, there is, <laughs> sorry, um, <laughs> there is Fitbit built into this thing. That's the other thing. That's the active track. Oh, that's thing. cool. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So because Google bought Fitbit, but you have to create a Fitbit account. You can't use your Google account for Fitbit. And there's also oh, a thing called Google Fit, but it doesn't connect with Google Fit. So it's kind of like schizophrenic. That's why I think Gen Two of this thing is gonna be yeah. is gonna I mean, be awesome as Google they figure is a it company, out. Company though, like Google yeah. is a company. I mean, that's their right. That that is now the meme of everything Google makes. They kill in X oh my god! Don't remind me. Stadia. They killed Stadia. I was yeah. devastated. I mean, that's that's what they do, though. They release something. Exactly. It's awesome. And then they're just like, eh, not awesome enough. And you're like, is anything awesome enough? And apparently just Gmail. <laughs> the problem with Stadia was they didn't tell anybody like they didn't tell the people we were working with because we released a few games on Stadia. We had a pl- we had a game planned to release the Tuesday after. So I think they announced they killed it on a Thursday. We were going to release a game the following Tuesday, and no one hmm. told us. No one told us that the thing was going to go away. No one told our reps that it was going to go away. They were just like, and it's over. We're like, what the fuck? What? How? Why? What? Huh? What happened? So, yeah. anyway. Speaking of R-I-P. devices that might get killed but seem that people love, uh, the Steam Deck. So, my friend Mason. Oh, that's not getting Mason. killed. They're gonna, that thing's going to exist. Is a big fan of the Steam Deck. He keeps sending me messages of, this thing is awesome. The Steam hmm. Deck is the greatest thing ever. So yeah, um, I'm gonna get one. Uh, it's big, man. It's so big. It's, <laughs> it's takes, big. I, this is what I said. This is what. Have you got your hands on one yet? No, I just keep yeah. seeing. Like I'm on Steam Deck's website, and there's this, and of course there's like the, you know, the promotional videos of people using this, and there's a lot of women using the Steam Deck in like oh the God. videos, it's and nice. it looks huge. Like I would it's assume huge. that you know my hands are larger than the average woman's. Like I don't have huge hands, but they're bigger than the average woman's hands. And it mm-hmm. just looks massive <laughs> as they're trying to play this thing. It's and it's big. like, ugh, maybe Look, it's going to be a little better. But, man, this thing looks like it's not something I would personally want to travel with. And I just keep being like, the Switch is big enough. The problem is not in its comfort when using it. The problem is the size in a portable system. Yes. Like, it's the it portable takes, problem. It yeah. takes up literally three times as much space as a Switch. Because when it's in its case, because it's got like this long, like it dips down so you can get like comfortable grips on the triggers there on the side, like on the handles. It's like three switches stacked on top of each other when it's in a bag. And that's a lot of space. Yeah. (laughs) It's a lot of space. And it's It's huge, man. It is quite honestly, right? Like the games that I mean, look, there's there's games that I like I'm going to start playing Overwatch 2. Because I got a bunch of friends that work at Blizzard, and they're like, "Hey, we're gonna give you all the stuff. Come play." And it's like, oh, "Okay, cool. That. I'll play because you're gonna give me stuff." Mm-hmm. Um, but like, you know, I'm a I'm a casual gamer in the sense of I play games. I play games, but I play them. I don't play casual games. I play games casually. If that you love Candy sense. Crush, big Candy Crush. I'm not playing. I'm not playing Candy Crush. I'm not playing phone games. Don't diss Candy will, Crush. Good game. I will go all in on playing Overwatch nonstop for about mm-hmm. two months. Sure. And then I'll never play it again. Because that's what happened with the first Overwatch. Played it hardcore for two months. And then something happened, like whatever, a busy day at work. Mm-hmm. And then boom, never played it again. Yep. So I don't know if I'd want to play the Steam Deck because the Switch fills this void for me. It fills the casual gaming vibe, even though I can't play, you know, all the game, all the crazy PC games that I probably want to play. Like if I want to play, you know overwatch or if i want to play one of these star wars games that's super heavily you know needs a lot of cpu power or graphics power 
I'm gonna play it on my PC. I'm not gonna play it on not gonna play it on this thing. Here's here's my assumption about Mason is that he is he's married, right? He's yes. got some kids. No kids. No kids. Okay. Uh, but he doesn't. My guess is that he mainly plays a Steam Deck at home. That's my assumption as well. Yeah, I think most people who use a Steam Deck, they're not really traveling with it. Because also, depending on what you play, like unless you're playing the indie games, which is basically what you'd play on, which you can play on Switch mostly. Yeah. Then you're getting only like max two hours of battery life. So for a so flight, his last response. So this will tell you what type of user he is just okay. by this response. Mm-hmm. I ordered the dock for my Steam Deck. I'm mm-hmm. really hoping with a keyboard and mouse and monitor, it can be a decent alternative to a gaming PC. Oh, this is so stupid. Don't do as a handheld, no, 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 no. Oh. As a handheld, it has been mighty impressive. Yes. Agreed. But again, this is like I'm someone who is thinking about building a new PC, right? Because I've got right. my PC is maybe six years old and it's got a uh it's got a 1080 Ti. It's fairly it was fairly new. And look, the good thing is now with most games, you don't have to upgrade your PC like every two years. Right. Because for the most part, they, you know, buying a a 1080 Ti is pretty good. Still pretty good graphics card. But obviously I'm looking at all these new graphics cards coming up. I'm going, what if I upgraded to, you know, I got all this. I got all this overtime money and need a little bit of retail therapy. And what if I decided to buy all of the latest and greatest so I can sit here and watch Overwatch in 120 FPS at 4K. But, like, the, the point, it's just a dumb strategy because it's, like, if you're going to buy a Steam Deck and you're going to go to the dock and you plan to do it like that, like, I get the seamless integration between, you know, playing your same games, that kind of stuff. But if that's yeah. your goal, like, just buy a, a an Xbox. Buy a Series S. The Series S nah, is going to give you, like... same, though. No, it is. It's better because the, <laughs> the Steam Deck max resolution is, like what it's like 720p or something like that. it's like a 1280 by 800 display or something like that it's pretty close to 720p and you're playing games on low settings if it's not a an indie game right you get a series s for like it goes on sale now for like 250 you get that you could ex- you could play in 1440p and actually get good frame rates quality graphics and all this other stuff and it, and you spent 250 bucks and you're getting way more performance the, the, the dock is 90 dollars, so you can play and then you're gonna get a you're gonna get all this other shit to go outside of it so you can play these games at their lowest resolution from this chonker of a of a portable so it's like yeah. it's not even like the switch the switch will bump it up to 1080 and maybe this will do the same, but you're still relying on the horsepower of this handheld. You're not getting a the very minor boost that a Switch dock will give you. And that's apples to oranges because the Switch is obviously way less powerful than a Steam Deck and the library is very different. But still, I just don't understand the Steam Deck. I love portable gaming. You know it, right? Yeah. I, I'm all about it, right? I even got a Kishi. The Kishi 2 for my for my phone so I could do more like cloud gaming on the go and maybe even play some emulators. Of course, emulating games that I already own, naturally. Um, no, nobody cares anymore if you're emulating shut up. NHL 93. To... Nobody cares. <laughs> Who's playing NHL 93? Anyway. Um, that's, what, that's what I bought an emulator for. I mean, that's what I bought my little portable device for so I can travel and play old games. Yeah, no, you won't because you're going to play you're going to play a whole bunch of games for five minutes each. That's what you're going to do. Like, oh, cool. I remember this game. Then you're done. So, I mean, look, quite frankly, for, for the price that I paid for the games, yeah, it's great. <laughs> yeah. So I lo- I'm all about it. And I love the idea of the Steam Deck. I'm just saying, like, it's a portable. It's a handheld. Like, that's what it's meant to do. 
get a I don't even know if it's going to be as powerful. You might actually get more performance on a, for some of these games in a with like integrated graphics, depending on because I don't know what the exporting graphical limitations are of this thing. Anyway, point is, I don't know either, but yeah, I, I just don't see it. It just seems like a weird buy. Like at that point, if you want to play games on a bigger screen, get a Series S. At this point, for me, it's a, it's a Switch and a PC because I need a PC for work stuff. And we're moving to a world where we're working remotely and yada, yada, yada. It's a great combo. It's a great and combo. playing Switch. So if, like, if I want to play the crazy high graphics game, I'm going to I'm gonna pay the money for the PC that allows me to do that and other stuff. And if I want to play a portable system that I can walk around with and play games that are indie games, like it's the Switch. The Switch yeah. has dominated that market and... You know, I, I'm assuming that they're going to come out with more switches in the next two years. Totally. So, yeah. yeah. So let's keep going backwards. Yeah. I was in Toronto this weekend. When I came back from Toronto, I realized, I mean, I think I'm getting old and I yeah. need to, I, whenever I take a vacation, I need to have a day between getting back and going back to work. I mean, that's, that's a given once you're over the age of 30. Yeah. Well, here we are. I'm over the age of 30. <laughs> so that... That being said, Toronto was fun. Good time in Toronto. Uh, I looked really good on the ice. <laughs> um, it was cool, though. It was fun to hang out with some people that I haven't hung out in a while. Uh, the organization was, of the tournament was not very good, uh, but that's okay. I made the most of it. Um, it's been a long time since I had to drag a hockey bag around, but I did. Hmm. Got a great upper body workout as a result. After the first day, I was like, why are my arms so sore? And then I realized, oh, right, it's because I'm dragging this bag around. I haven't done that for a while. And also the wheel is broken. So, it makes so there's no place for you to leave your bags. There was the first night, and not, but not after that. Hmm. And also the, the rink. So there was three, it was a three-day thing. It was Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Friday, first game, 7 o'clock at night. Saturday, game one at 7 a.m., game two Oof. at 7 at 7 p.m. So overnight, Oof. we were able to leave our stuff, and we obviously left it there between 7 and 7. Yeah. Then Sunday, the games were like at this rink that was like an hour away. <laughs> it was ridiculous. Oof. Yeah. And they didn't tell us where the rinks were for our stay until like I three mean, days. Was that even in Toronto at that point? Were you playing in London? Uh, I do. I mean, was, London as in London, Ontario. No, nah, it was a, it was like the woods. Uh, it was like in some really weird. <laughs> was it pond place. hockey? <laughs> no, not quite. Um, let me see. I'll tell you where it was. Yeah, tell me where it is because I know Toronto well. Obviously, when you grow up in Detroit, Toronto's only four hours away. Um, so yeah, like London is halfway between Detroit and Toronto, and then you got Mississauga, you've got Hamilton. So it was Canlan, yeah, all that stuff. Canlan in York. I don't even know North where that is. North York, Ontario. North York, solid Ontario. facility, and they had a bar and restaurant, a Wild Wing, singular, which is different than Wild Wings, plural. Oh yeah, so of... it's just it's a suburb of Toronto, but it's north. I mean, it's like going to Mississauga. Yeah, yeah like, but it's like I took yeah. I took the train there and back. Uh, yeah, it was like being in New York, but I was just like, but everything was very Canadian, which is not yeah. very different. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I had a good time. We came in third place, two and two record. Um. How many goals? And How many goals did you score? Seven across four. Not games. bad. Not bad. Got got a hat trick in two games. And what were you the leading goal scorer of the tournament? I don't know. Oh, they don't the, keep those stats. Those are the fun stats to watch for tournaments. I don't know the the first game. I actually didn't score any goals. We only won two one, and then the the second game I got a hat trick. We lost eight six. The 
third game, I got a hat trick. We won five, two. And then the fourth game we lost, it was like four, two. And I had one goal. I was just tired. Yeah. <laughs> tired of carrying the they, team on your also, back the last two days. No, 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 no. <laughs> we actually, I'll tell you what really helped was our defense was awesome. Like we had really good D. Yeah, it helps. Yeah, yeah, it really did. Uh, but yeah, it was it was fun. Uh, the party was at the Hockey Hall of Fame, so that was kind of cool. They did a terrible job organizing organizing that event because they uh, they sold out of liquor. They ran out of liquor in like the mm. first two hours. So I go in there, and you had to. They didn't even have open bar. You had to you had to buy drinks at this party, which is crazy. Yeah. So I bought two drink tickets for mixed drinks because they separated mixed drinks and beers, and. I did one, and then by the time I went back for the second one, they ran out of liquor. Ooh. Yeah. So that happened. Um, but it was cool to be at the Hockey Hall of Fame. I saw the Stanley Cup. As everyone and does when you get to the Hockey Hall of Fame, you see one of them, right? Like, there's like five Stanley Cups or something like that. Oh, no. They have all of them. They got all the Oh, they all had them all there. Okay, they cool. have the old ones. They got the new ones. They got Yeah, this is cool. It's very cool. Uh, yeah, and it was a uh, it was a good time overall. Toronto, fun city, generic yeah. ass. It is city. It's very big. It's very big and spread out, and it is totally. very generic. Yeah, but it's it's good. I mean, that's not a bad thing though. They have yeah. like any big city, they got a lot of good shit. Yeah, a lot of stuff. To it's do. just there's no distinguishing. Like you're not going to Toronto for blank because yeah. there's no distinguishing blank. Like to even get the like even the tower that I would say Toronto is known for from that a skyline ugly. standpoint. I said it. That thing's ugly as shit. There's just like, there's like nothing around there, if I remember correctly. Like it's not like the aquarium is next to it, but other than that, it's like kind of this old like there's a lot of little landmarks that are kind of randomly spread out throughout the city. So it's not like you go to kind of one central area and you're like, this is Toronto. It's like it's just a big generic city. So I think that's one of the original like towers like this, but honestly, yes. the way it looks now is like if North it's Korea old. tried, if North Korea tried to build their own yeah, tower old, like that, it's an old tower. It, it kind, <laughs> it's just kind of gross and imposing, yeah. and it's just yeah, it just is. I don't know. Maybe next time I go to Toronto because I'm happy to go back. There's a lot of cool stuff. I, get, I pinned a lot of stuff that I wanted to check out and didn't, mainly food wise and drink wise. Um, but you know, you gotta you gotta go with the group sometimes, and they didn't want to yeah. venture down Queen Street, and I wanted to spend more time on Queen Street. So there's a lot of cool stuff there, you know. Yeah. Didn't get to go to Maddie's Patties, which is a burger place, or Mother Cocktail Bar, but got a got a lot of solid pancakes. I found them. Oh, I mean, yeah. I mean, you're basically in America, so it's like it's yeah, yeah. damn right. Got some good stuff. Got so yeah, some, Toronto. Yeah, cool. Good times. Good trip. Um, no third place medal, so don't even, can't even prove that. Hmm. Stats don't lie though. Yeah, sure. Stats don't lie. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a pretty good, it was an impulsive decision to go out there and I'm happy I did. It's a good time. Nice. Uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, that was, that was Toronto. Otherwise I'm trying to think how long has it been? Has it been, uh, it's been about three weeks. Yeah. Not too much else. It's really been going on working, you know, now back, uh, it's that time of the year, quite honestly, like after, at least in the States, right. Between uh, Labor Day and Thanksgiving, mm. It's like the last big push for most people work-wise. Because once you get to Thanksgiving, psh, year's over. Like, I know you go to work in December, but the year's basically over. Oh, totally, point. yeah. Everybody's right? slacking. Like, yeah, everyone's kind of like, whatever. Yeah, yeah you, take that, you take that turkey coma and you ride it into Christmas and ride it into New Year. Then you get back to work. But yeah. It's going like, to be interesting is, yeah. for me because we're planning to release a game in January. So we'll see how it's much rough. of that slacking I get to do. But... It shouldn't be too bad. Hopefully. Game's going to be fun. Yeah. Cool. 
yeah, man. So yeah, that's, that's about it. Um, I know, uh, you want to talk about this, this, uh, Rogan thing, this AI thing. Well, look, I, I mean, I, I've been into the, the time outside of the 85 hours a week I've been working. Like AI art is really taken off. This this stuff will up in some jobs. So it's just cool to just see what people are building. And so I'm just paying attention to to machine learning and, and artificial tel- intelligence in a way that I wasn't interested three years ago when this started coming up. And I found that and someone sent that someone sent it to me and I started looking into just, you know, audio for for sort of machine learning. And it made me think, could we actually machine learn this podcast? <laughs> We've got enough data. <laughs> We've got 150 episodes from the previous incarnation of this podcast. We've got about 100 and some odd episodes of this podcast. 113. This is 113. I think we have enough data to run through something to see if we can make an AI-generated podcast for He's Abroad. I think we can. So I'm going to look into this once I'm no longer working because I'm just curious to see if I can build it. Um, But yeah, like I mean, you can explain a little bit about what this is and why it's a little terrifying. (laughs) Well, it's a fake podcast by an AI voice company, which is, you know, like you said, it's using machine learning to basically cull interviews from and voice from various people. So they, to do this, the media stunt was to, the company itself does uh, AI voiceovers, yeah, which is kind of interesting, especially in, I, I actually thought it was interesting for my industry as well. There could be some relevance and use cases Yeah, 100%. There. Yeah, but yeah. Um, it's a... Basically, they put out as a PR stunt an interview, a fake Joe Rogan podcast between Joe Rogan and Steve Jobs. And it's like super convincing until it isn't. Yes. That's yeah, kind yeah. of like how I see it. The flow of like the cadence of the conversation is totally believable, but the content is nonsense. And, it, <laughs> but it isn't, re- yeah, exactly. Because the way, when one person is speaking, it's cool, but they yeah. don't sound like they're actually talking to each other. Yes. That's the weird thing. It's like someone just chopped up, and that's probably what it is, which is a bunch yeah. of people just chopped up various things they said and spliced them together because, you know, from the jump, like within five minutes, he's just like, yeah, you've been here before. You've been a previous guest. He's like, yeah, it's great to meet you. It's like, wait, what? <laughs> it's like, it, it, so it's obviously not perfect, but that's kind no. of the point. Now, now, my question would be, if there was hours and hours and hours of discussions between Joe Rogan and Steve Jobs, would it sound more like a conversation, right? Because different training data, right? They've trained Joe Rogan's voice over however many podcasts he's done with other guests, and they've, and they've done the same thing with Steve Jobs of interviews and things before he passed away, you know, 10 years ago. Yeah. But, like, if they, if they had done 50 episodes of a podcast together... Could you actually train it on the way their cadence is, the way they cut each other off, the way they interject, the way they, you know, discuss banter well, back and forth with each other? Is that enough data for you to do this and it sound more believable? I don't even think you need that. I think more so, like if you were doing AI discussions, right, the way I would have expected it to work is you would kind of, you would create this conversation between two people. Yes. And then you would frame the pros around the voice that's being that you're trying to emulate. So, but the biggest issue here is that that first part seems to be broken where it just doesn't what they're saying, like take away the impressions, right? Because when they're just speaking in a vacuum, it's like, Oh, that sounds like something Steve yes. jobs is saying. That sounds yeah. like something like the first, the first like 
what like the two minutes where Joe Rogan quote unquote is like Joe introducing Rogan a is guest. just introducing yeah. yeah it sounds totally convincing and believable but it's only when they go back and forth where it sounds wrong and it's not because of what they sound like they're saying yeah. it's literally what they're saying exactly so that dialogue yeah. and the interaction between the two between these two people is broken from the jump and that's why it's not convincing because yeah. if it was fine tuned a little bit. Because their tech, like I looked at the website a little bit, and you could type in whatever you want. Yeah, like what and, I would have done, and that's and that's how it is with like the and the reason, like just from the art side of this, right? Like Stable Diffusion, Dolly, um, you know, all of those, all of these softwares that have come out, and now, um, and now, what's it called? Um, no, Stable Diffusion is the 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 open source one. Mm-hmm. Um, but like all of that stuff now is basically you type in a prompt of mm-hmm. you know. A sunny day in New York City with, you know, whatever, like red car and this, 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 and it will generate an image out of that. And this is similar where, like you said, you can type in what you want and it will it will put the voice to it. Or, you know, like in this case, you kind of they probably said, hey, these are two voices talking about this. And they were able to run this through to get something just to just to basically show off their tech. Right. Like you said, it's a bit of a marketing stunt, which, again, right. it's, it's, it's drawing you to their text to speech. And they are basically doing voiceovers for videos where you type in your content and it replays what you what you want it to in a voice that sounds convincing. It doesn't sound like a robot. But what I would have done to kind of like show how this is usable, like the actual practicality of it, is go through like clearly they have the tech where you can edit whatever you want and have them say whatever you want. I would have gone through the script because it's a 20 minute conversation. I would have gone through the script, punched it up so it felt like a real conversation and then had them speak so it sounded like a real thing. Like you just mm. need to fix certain minor things. Now I get that takes away from the purity of this is an AI thing. Yes, that's not exactly. what they're selling. What they're selling yeah, is the actual voices. Yeah. You're selling that hey, you could have a voiceover that could be like like you look at the English options for voices, there's like dozens of options that you can have. So it's like, "Oh, cool. This person can actually sound like a person." But like I said with the the dialogue with the with the with the what they're saying being so broken that takes me out of it immediately where they could have made a convincing 20 minute conversation if they just did one pass on it edited and said you know just been transparent like hey this is all voiced by ai we did this thing we made some edits to the text so that the conversation would flow better here's a here's a conversation that could have taken place between joe rogan and steve jobs which is a cool concept whatever you think about joe rogan um it's a very cool concept and a very cool PR stunt. Yeah. Um, I just wish it was I, I, like I wanted to be. It's funny. I wanted to be more creeped out by it. <laughs> well, know? yeah, like and and that's and like right because that's that's what it would be, right? It would be taking discussions from people who are no longer here and putting them in a more modern media format, right? Like the way that podcasts are done now. I mean, like you said, regardless of what you think of Joe Rogan, a lot of the, a lot of the podcast style of way things are done are because of his influence being one of the really early people doing this podcast format, right? Like podcasts, everyone has a podcast. Um and in this conversation way of, you know, it's not really structured, it's just sitting down with important people having discussions that are less of an interview that allow for you to have people like Kanye who's in his own trouble or having Elon Musk or some of these more controversial people giving them a spot to kind of say what they want or bring up just like, what do you think about this? 
and it actually feels like you're in a room for three hours with someone just having a discussion versus a really structured interview where it's like, I'm going to ask you these list of questions that I've run by your person before you've got on, you have the answer, it's really structured, this is what it is. And it's a yeah. bit more like, well, what's your just thoughts on this? Or, hey, did you see this? What's your thoughts on this? And it's pretty interesting. So, yeah, like it's a little harder. Like you'd have to kind of come up with a stream of consciousness thought on something that's happening now, right? Like your idea. You would basically have to say, hey, well, what do you think about the iPhone 14? And you'd have to come up with some way of like, you know, this is the vision and this is that. Like you'd have to actually write that script where this is a bit more like, hey, we can do that. But here's this thing in its raw format. We put these two together and we make a discussion and this is what it is. And it creeps you out enough to then have these discussions like, well, what if I actually had a script? What if I planned a discussion? And then they're like, well, Mm -hmm. yeah, we can do that. Right. That's what our that's what our software, our business actually is. Yeah. But yeah, anyways, I just thought it was it's cool because a lot of people are terrified of some of this stuff. I it, it gets my brain going of these are all tools, right? Mm-hmm. Like the same way people are, you know, people don't understand computer graphics. They think they do now, right? Because so many movies come out that are big computer graphics extravaganzas. But computer graphics, as far as, you know, environment replacement, background replacement, that's in every TV show, every movie where you realize that, oh, yeah, this isn't actually filmed in New York at all. But it sure looks like New York, doesn't it? Yep. Or Toronto. it's filmed in this location. That's why, it sure that's, why like so many, yeah. that's why so many things are shot in Toronto because it's so generic. It could literally be any yeah. city. Yeah, and look, same thing with Vancouver. So like, you know, stuff shot, yeah. shot in Atlanta, right? Like, you can always yeah. make a – and, yeah, all you got to do is get a map painting of, you know, the One World Trade Center or one whatever that's called now, one, one Tower, and build enough stuff behind it. And now imagine being able to do that through something like Dolly or something like Stable Diffusion where you yeah. can actually completely build backgrounds without having to have someone sit there and map paint it. Um, and attach this to Photoshop, attach it to, to software, and you can still, right, like it's not, I don't think it's going to replace those jobs. It's going to make those jobs easier, which I think is maybe a fear of, hey, your craft of doing this the hard way is no longer necessary, but your eye of being able to make a good image is, and that's the scary part for a lot of, I mean, this happens with every tech, yeah. you know. I mean, look at, happens with look at, look at asset stores, right? Yeah. In, um, you know, for something like Unity or Unreal, like there's baseline stuff and you, you see like trash, chips. you see trash that's, yeah, exactly. But you see trash that's turned around just by assets, just by asset stores. Yeah. And, and look, I think, that stuff's, and people you're that rely to be able on, to yeah. do that now. Like I've seen, mm-hmm. I've seen software where people are like, yep, yeah, we're trying to make 3D assets through prompts and you can get a thousand versions mm-hmm. of a chair because you put in a, hey, I need a chair that's an office chair and it spit out a thousand different versions of it as it tries to diffuse what a chair looks like, right? Yeah. and But you will, you know, if you're using it as a tool and not a crutch, then yes. there's some really cool stuff that can be done. And maybe you can yeah. do some cool stuff with just the tool and or as a, without actually punching it up. Like you might get results that are good enough to do whatever you want. But Yeah, like if you're a company thinking that you can replace your entire graphic design arm of your business with stable diffusion you're probably not you know you're probably not on the right track but at least not if yet you can actually get your graphic design department to use this i bet you their work increases tenfold and mm-hmm. the the you know their ability to start to stretch their ability to do other things will start to grow that's with all this stuff like it shouldn't replace the job that you're doing it's, it's why you shouldn't be afraid of it it's why people if you're in these industries or these businesses that are more creative because right people are afraid of ai kind of doing this you know, you know, how 2001 Space Odyssey route 
where machines are going to take over the world. And yeah. it's like, no, what it's going to do is it's going to replace the need for some of the way that we've done the things that we've been doing. And it's moved into the creative space first. And a lot of creatives and people who are not are terrified of this. Like, well, I've been trying, to, I've been training to draw for ten years, and now it's gonna, it's gonna, you know, it's gonna take away my dream of being an artist because now I can type in whatever, you know, seascape in nineteen fifteen, and it spits out an image. What do you need me for? And it's like, well, if you've developed your eye and the basic principles of this, this makes your starting point much easier. And then you can go crazy from there. You can spit out more versions for clients and go, hey, I've spit out 30 versions of this thing and done some really basic paint overs. Is this what you want? Because then we'll go dive into this thing and, and fine tune it and spend the time to make it look really, really good at a rate that you might not have been able to afford before. Yep. So, like, yeah, it's interesting. I'm kind of on the side of pro this, you know, being an artist whose job will someday be replaced by a lot of this stuff. I see nothing but potential here of basically going like, wow, I can do stuff that would probably take me months in mere minutes, which allows me for me to do this at a level that now I can hit a level on my own. The same way with the same way the music industry, right? More people making albums out of their bedrooms than needing to go to a than go into a studio. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's interesting. It's it's something I'm it's a thread I'm pulling on quite heavily because I think it's the future of a lot of this stuff. Cool. Cool. Good stuff. So yeah, so that's all I had. Otherwise, I've been working the old-fashioned right. way. So. Well, I guess uh, real quick, reddish, bluish, blackish, Jewish. Fuck Kanye. <laughs> and now let's move on to uh, media therapy. <laughs> all I've seen is that Kanye needs help. And it's been that way for a long time. And I don't know if he's going to get it. So Yeah, there's some, there's some vile anti-Semitic shit. And the people that will excuse it is alarming. And yeah, and it's interesting for there. me seeing specifically black people dismiss some of this knowing that Jewish people historically are the strongest allies of the African American community in America. Like the, like I mean do do your research on how the Jewish community has done more for African Americans than anybody else in the history of of, you know, from the beginning of the slave trade till now where the some of these tropes and some of these anti-Semitic feelings that are coming from Black people are people who don't who have not read their history to understand that without the help of the Jewish community, Black people would be in a much different space today. So I'll I'll just say that. Yeah, don't want to dwell on it. Just want to say, cut it out. <laughs> All right, media therapy. You got anything? Uh, I've I've watched She Hulk. Yeah. It's fine. Aww. I like the fact that they kind of make fun of the process, which for Marvel, you never know when you're just like, all right, we get it. You're self-aware, but are you? So I, I, I like the ending of it. I thought it was clever um, where they're like, well, we're not going to give you what you're expecting because that's always my right. That's always been my criticism. Like mm-hmm. Marvel, you know, they have a good story. They have something that's fun. And then in the end, they just turn it into, you know, every other marvel thing just this guy punching that guy yes and they specifically make fun of this like very specifically make fun of the idea of this and it almost seemed like they were they were winking and nodding at visual effects artists to be dead honest with these what it felt like well they totally were i mean they literally at one point were like hey we want to save budget (laughs) 
Yeah, I, I mean, but that that's the thing. Like, it, it was interesting, and I'm sure there's some people who will take it the wrong way, but I thought it was a clever look into the inside of this process as someone who is heavily part of this process and saw kind of the wink, wink, nod, nod. Yeah, yeah, we hear you guys. We understand what this is. And making Kevin fight. I mean, spoiler alert, if you haven't watched She-Hulk and you want to, just, you know, cover your ears for two minutes and then you can turn it back on. Um, of like, you know, making Kevin Fahey this this robot of yeah. like, this is this Kevin thing and this is what it is. It's funny though that they didn't make fun of Victoria Alonso, who generally has more input into this than I would say maybe he does. Um, but maybe that's more of a sensitive hmm. topic. <laughs> but yeah, anyways, I, I enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed it more at the end than I did at the beginning. Like the middle to me was a lot of filler, but I enjoyed the end of it. I, I thought it was good. Um, they keep hinting at she hawks going to start showing up in movies. Um, so yeah, we'll she's see great. I think she's awesome. I love yeah. the character they created with this and it's, yeah, it's good. It's amazing. Like they, if nothing else, they've spit out some pretty fun characters with these shows that I hope we get more of. Like, I hope that, um, you know, Kate Bishop character from, um, from Hawkeye. Hope we get more of her. Hope we get more, uh, she Hulk. Cause yeah, it's just, it's just a lot of fun. I just, I just wonder if Marvel is starting to realize that, like television is only an onboarding for the films because I don't that's know what I've realized over the last three years of pandemic media is as great as the television stuff is for filler content. That stuff is not landed in a way that I think Wakanda forever is about to land. No way. Right? And, and honestly, like let's, I actually want to talk about this because I've been watching Andor as well. The Star yeah, Wars, which show. I haven't watched yet. So don't spoil it. Cause I do want to watch it. Cause I've been hearing okay. it's like, the best of the content coming out of Star Wars television so far. I am. That's what I heard. Yeah. Okay. Andor, it's nine episodes, which is interesting because I actually thought it was just three episodes, but then I'm like, oh, wait, no, no, no. The, there's like a, there was a premiere. I don't remember why I thought it was going to be three episodes, but it's basically nine episodes. There's six in, and basically you have two full arcs right now, three episode arc, three episode arc, where they, I'm kind of annoyed at where we're going with this stuff and the amount of like transmedia is like now there's TV, now there's movies, now there's other things. It's like, why can't this shit just be movies? Like, yeah, it's it's almost like a lot of this shit is homework, and you're trying to give me all this stuff to do because Andor is so good, it's so good, and it's and I just feel like something is lost by having it as a TV show. This should be a movie. This should be a movie. <laughs> I just can't. I you'll watch this show, and by the time you get to episode six, you'll be like, "Yeah, this should be a movie." Like it's, it's just awesome, and it plays with scope and scale, and they even shoot it so cinematically where it's like, "Was this supposed to be a movie?" Like, I don't know, man. I, I there just feels like something's lost. I, I don't know. The sub- significance well, seems to be lost in. It's, it's in interesting. TV. Maybe that's also because how yeah. I digest this stuff. Because I mean, that's I often that's find myself is. distracted when I'm watching yeah. TV. Look, I mean, this is like I'm starting to. I was a big believer in everything's going to streaming. We're done, right? Like, like seeing films on on movie theaters is finished. Everything's going to streaming. It's easier. It's faster. It's better. My TV can. There's something missing after years of this. When you see people try to spit out content on television which obviously became super popular and i like i would say you know breaking bad and a lot of these shows that have broken records had a big part to do with that of people going wow i can tell i can tell more stories i can tell a story with more pace 
through television because people are willing to sit down and watch 10 hours of a television series in one weekend. Right. And I'm able to do that better than I can do it in a movie theater. And I'd argue the, the, the pace of a film is something that I think we've taken for granted. Yeah. Like getting a story in and out in two hours, 30 minutes, three hours tops is, is, it's not a bad thing because I'd find that there's a lot of these things that you watch and go, man, I'd love to watch this at a movie theater. But then, you know, you have the episodes that drag. You have the filler where you go like, this is only three episodes. Awesome. Right. Like a lot of the British TV shows are, you know, those, those short series are four episodes, three episodes, six episodes at the most. And watching a season of nine episodes, like that was my issue with the Mandalorian. Like the first couple episodes of it, you're like, yeah, this is awesome. And then you're like, oh, yeah, we're just going to keep going. And it's like, it's a monster of the week, which is cool. But then you're also just like, what if I just had a Mandalorian movie theater where I'm in, I'm entertained and I'm out? Yeah, it loses its its specialness. Like, I feel like they're losing the plot and they're they're starting to lose me a little bit. Like, Marvel gets... Marvel's different than Star Wars because Marvel feels like they're getting creative with the medium. Like yeah. I think Marvel shows are at their best when they are a show, like and they really lean into it. That's why I really like She-Hulk because it felt well, like a TV show. It was a to be honest with you, want Wandavision, drama. Wandavision as well. Those for two. for the first you know for the first majority of the episodes was really creative, right? It's creative yeah. way of telling this story. Totally. Through through television, right? It's like, hey, we're on TV. Let's kind of let's poke fun, but also pay homage to TV. Yeah, but I would have liked Falcon Winter Soldier should have been a movie. Yep, agreed. Loki should have been a movie. Yep, agreed. Uh, Hawkeye should have definitely been a movie. Never, Hell, I, and you know what? I haven't even bothered to watch Hawkeye because I'm Hawkeye's kind of, great. It's, yeah, Hawkeye was really great. I yeah. recommend it. Um, it's I mean that could have been a movie. You could easily there is a two and a half hour movie in there easily. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's, and again, it's just editing. It's editing. Yeah. Hawkeye was four. Was it only four episodes or was it six? Six. Six, yeah, six right? like 30 minute cut, episodes. Yeah, cut, totally. Cut three hours off, cut three episodes off of that, compress them into the other three episodes, and then do some editing where you get rid of some of the fluff. And that's mm-hmm. a movie. Yeah. The but I I feel like you're just losing some of the specialness and and significance of it. And you're also losing the the attention of the audience because it's like, oh, well, if you want to understand this, you gotta watch all this other shit. And you're like, God damn. Like if I'm not keeping up with this, if I lose track of a season, I'm screwed. And I'm like, yeah, I don't yeah. know if I'm gonna catch up. And with Star Wars, it's like, yeah, I'm not gonna watch the Clone Wars. That's now canon. Great. I'm never gonna watch it. Yeah. And you're just losing like Star Wars to me is like a spectacle thing. Yeah, it's all about the characters. I get that. But like the, the Obi-Wan was fine, but it felt small. You know, a lot of these yeah. things feel small and they just don't really contribute much. And given and the or, fact that you had Darth Vader in it. Yeah. Right. And but for he, me, the, it's dude one of those shows things, up in everything. Who yeah. cares? And, and my problem as well is I actually think releasing stuff week by week. I know a lot of people are like, well, that's the way TV. I actually find that the reason why people were gravitating towards television is because that, that way they could binge it. It was like watching a 10 hour movie. I need and, see. I would argue, I would say the opposite. I like the week by week thing because I could actually keep up with it. Well, it's my point, though, right? I think you've yeah. got two crowds. Mm-hmm. You've got the crowd that likes the week by week thing because they can keep up with it, and you've got the crowd that wants to sit down on a lazy Saturday and start at nine a.m. Mm-hmm. and finish by four, and they just want to sit here and they they're on their phone for when times are slow and when stuff happens they're not they're able to sit there and and watch. And it's like watching a long, full-length movie. And I think those two crowds want two very separate things. And I think that's part of the problem, is trying to figure out what 
what you're creating, which crowd does it fit for best? Because I'd argue some of these things fit best if you just release the whole thing. And some of them work better when it's episode by episode. But I think there's cross-pollination between the two. There's some things that should all be released at once, and there's some things that should all be released bit by bit. And they're kind of trying to figure out what that is. And I think you'll lose your audience if you kind of have a couple of dead, a dud episodes when you're releasing something week by week. Because then you're just going to lose people who go, well, I watched it last week, and then I forgot it came back. And then, you know, oh, is it not releasing this week, but the next week? And then people just forget about it. That's been me. I've just forgotten about stuff versus if I know I have the time and I watch four episodes in a row and I know I've got four episodes left, I know, okay, well, yeah, I just got to watch the last four episodes of this thing and then I'm done and I get the full story. It's kind of like starting a movie and then having to stop to go do something else and coming back to it. But there's also... What happened to the miniseries? You know, like that's kind of what they tried to do, but they do it in this weird show thing. Whereas Andor, okay, you don't want to make it a movie, fine. Then Andor, what it should be is it should be taking a cue from the um, from like British television. A hundred percent. Give me three hour and a half limited event things for like you know that go over the court. It doesn't have to be week by week. It could be like every other week or something like that. Because that's what this is. Like literally, you'll watch it. The first episode just ends. The second episode just ends. Yeah. And the third episode actually ends an arc and gets you ready for the next one. And then episode four just ends. Episode five just ends. And it's like you're literally watching, like, man, why didn't they just give me this all at one time? It would have made more sense because it's they're so directly connected. Even with a week's time, you're like, who is that guy again? Who is that guy? Where if it was yeah. all connected, then I would know and draw, build attachment to these people over the course of an hour and a half. Because spoiler, like very minor spoilers, they bring in people and kill them over the course of a couple episodes. Yeah. But the difference between that and a movie, like you give me a movie, you have an hour and a half movie and an hour and a half of TV shows. If those yeah. are separated apart on a week by week basis, then I kind of forget who those people are. But I mean, then, look, honestly, this is the problem that I think the new Game of Thrones stuff is not as popular as the original stuff because we've changed the way that we watch TV. And my issue with Game of Thrones has always been I never know who the hell anybody is. Like, <laughs> their names are not – it's not Joe and John and Jim. No, it's Venaris and Vasaris, and it's all of this type of stuff that I can't keep. I'm just like, I don't know this woman's name. It's the woman with the blonde hair or it's the dragon lady or it's right. You, you make your own <laughs> names for these people. But I would argue the way we've watched television has changed, and this and Game of Thrones has always been kind of slow. But that was everyone gathered on a TV, watch mm-hmm. it, talk about it for a week, come back to it on Sunday night. And that's, there's so much content now. I don't think people are having water cooler discussions about any television show. It'd be, have you seen Foundation? No, I haven't seen it. I've been watching something else. Oh, yeah, you should watch that show. It's really awesome. Okay, cool. I'll put it on my list. And then you're done. It's not like the only thing to watch on Sunday night was Game of Thrones. We all watched it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's talk about it. I think those days are kind of dead. And so that's why I just think the week by week releasing, like Breaking Bad was the same thing, right? Like I hate the first season of Breaking Bad. Hate's a strong word. I think the first season of Breaking Bad is pretty weak. But then after that, it's all great. And that turned into, are you watching Breaking Bad? No. We'll binge the first three seasons and then catch up with the rest of us so you can mm-hmm. talk about it week by week. Yeah, it gets a and good I stuff. Think, I think that's dead. Like, that's there's too much content. So oh, I'm, sure. I'm kind of with you. Like, if you're going to do week by week, 
you've got to be able to have a story that that keeps me interested and then you wrap this thing up make it four episodes make it three episodes it doesn't need to be nine episodes of an hour or 40 minutes instead of doing an hour and a half every other week that i can talk about this hour and a half and then a couple weeks go by you watch the next hour and a half so i'm, I'm with you but it's, it's weird i think they're trying to figure this out they're trying to figure out how exactly do we release this stuff in television format yeah for sure well Oh, Moon Knight also should have been a movie. Uh, yeah, I mean, again, the first episode of Moon Knight was great. Second episode, way, boring, and I just never got my interest again. So the only other thing I'll say that I watched is um, I watched the Werewolf by Night. You should you should watch this thing. Never heard of it. It's an it's also part of the MCU, and it is a <laughs> black and white like uh, horror movie kind of. It's like a monster movie type thing. It's wild. It's in I'm black and white. Anything. I'm not going to say any more than that. Just watch it. Werewolf. Is it in black and white? Yep. Okay. I mean, there are some creative liberties. Also, fun fact, it's directed by uh, Michael Giacchino, the composer, and it's his directorial debut. And this oh, dude has composed. Do you know who he is? I've heard his name before, but I don't I don't know he, what he's composed. Holy shit. Like most Pixar movies. And the Star Trek theme. And he did some work on Jurassic Park. He did Rogue One. He's done Spider-Man, the Spider-Man movies. He's like highly prolific composer for movies. And this is his directorial debut. And I'm going to say he did a pretty good job. Did a pretty good job. And and there are some shocking moments in this thing. So I think uh, give it a watch. I think think it'll surprise you. And it's fun. It's only like an hour long. And it just shows like this is a weird thing. It's not a show. It's not a movie. It's just a special presentation that is in the Marvel Universe. And yeah, look, I'm I'm all for that's for cool. really creative, limited experiences. Yep. Personally. Like that's, 50 that's minutes my at this point, that's kind of where I am. Like even like this um the cyber what is Cyberpunk. What Cyberpunk. I tried to like again, and I've heard nothing but this is great. This anime is awesome. I watched one episode of it. And then I saw there's like nine more and I was just like, or 10, yeah, nine more. And I just, it kind of lost me. I was like, eh, mm-hmm. I'll catch up to it when I can. Cause I love, I love trigger animation and I just, I tried to watch it and it's only 24 minutes. There's a lot going on. I just, for whatever reason, I watch one episode and go, ah, there's nine more. I'll get to it when I get to it, which means I'll probably never get to it. Well, fair enough. Yeah. I mean, look, there's just a lot of, a lot of, you'll have time soon. You'll have time a lot of things soon. coming. I will have time soon. Oh, a lot of long man. flights coming up. So oh, a lot of long flights, a lot of 40 hour weeks. Yeah. Well, okay. So then game wise, let's jump through this real fast. I don't think I talked about this. I fin- I finally finished. I played through stray the cat game. Did I talk about this? Oh, uh, no, you haven't. Yeah. So I finally played through stray on PS five fun game. Didn't like the ending. Uh, but you know, I don't have people like, oh, it's annoying because some of the criticism was like the, um, like you control, you don't actually directly control your cats, like jumps and things like that. You see cues and then you jump on the platforms Mm. that you can jump on. There's no other way that this game could have been designed. No, that's the only way this would have worked. That's the only way this would have worked because cats are fucking weird. They don't. (laughs) They don't follow physics the way that normal animals do. So as a result, you don't know what a cat can do or where it can jump to or where it's going to jump to or how it can do it. So as yeah, a result, cats can jump over things that you'd be like, I didn't yeah. think you could climb that. 
And exactly. there it is, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So it's not like Mario where it's like you're always going to jump a specific height. It's like, no, at this point, you're going to jump like eight feet yeah. onto that There's table not really you're many, a cat. Yeah, the rules are interesting. Like they're hard to come up totally. with the variables of rules for cats. Yeah, but this game is cool. Very pretty. Um, very creative. I just, this isn't a spoiler. I guess it's a minor spoiler. It's not a sad ending, but like here's a here's a crazy idea for video game narratives, right? And we're getting to this point in movies as well. Here's a wild idea. Happy endings. Can we get those? You know? Why does everything got to be so fucking depressing or ambiguous? I was can't, you just say, give me, what? can't you just give me positivity and closure? I mean... We said positivity. I'm surprised by that. Aren't most games... No. Like, you defeat the thing and you win. It's not usually how it goes. Not anymore. Really? Like no way. Breath of the Wild had a positive ending, right? Or was that or would you consider <sighs> that a negative ending? A depressing ending? Breath of the Wild was like 5 years ago. Okay, maybe I haven't played a modern, maybe I haven't finished a modern game. Hades ending, I mean, didn't really end. <laughs> so Hades, But I feel like the ending ending, the Hades ending, ending ending after 10 after after you go through 10 times and you see the real ending, Ish. that was pretty happy. Ish. I mean, you're in hell, so I mean, there's that. <laughs> Does it help? Yeah, exactly. Like, I'm looking at these games that I'm playing, and man, a lot of these do not have happy endings. Maybe you're just playing depressing games. I guess, but man, you like putting all this time into a game, and then all of a sudden at the end, they're just like, nope. But also, a lot of these indie games, it's like, yeah, we want to be cool and edgy, and like, it's, all right, cool, so everybody's got to die, or we'll leave it ambiguous, or it's like, it's kind of happy, but bittersweet. It's like, come on, just give these guys a happy ending, you know? Give me yeah, a happy ending. I mean, give me some it's... fucking closure. Give me a good give me a good happy ending. I'm like looking through these. There's not that many happy endings here. Yeah, I mean it's I mean it's kind of what people want in their stories. They want realistic stories versus I'm kind of with you. Like again, I I'm when it comes to media, give me a bad guy, give me a good guy, give me a hero's journey, give me a victory. You do that, yeah. I'm good. Like I don't have to go through this like like my bad guys being complicated people that I should feel for. I'm cool if you make a bad guy who's a cartoon. He's bad. Period. Totally. There's yeah, no redeeming a, qualities. He's awful. We have to beat him. I don't like need this. He's bad, but actually he had a troubled childhood, so we should feel some empathy. No, 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 no. Just you know what? He grew up to monstrous people. He's a monster. He's not redeemable, and our good guy needs to defeat him. I'm cool for those movies. Now, sure, I also like to give me the complicated everything, you know, life, the life stories. But also, just give me the bad good. Good's got to get yeah. good enough to beat bad. And when they do, we all celebrate and the world is saved. Yeah. And if I'm playing a game as a stray cat. Yeah. Who's lost. He's trying to find well, his cat friends. Yeah, just let him find the cat friends in the end. Let, just show me the cat friends at the end. That's all I wanted. Don't give me like, maybe you found it, maybe it didn't. It's like, God damn it. Give me the, I just want to see What he really him. found was it was about the process. And like, no, don't give me that. <laughs> no, it wasn't. This game is, is like hard sci-fi. <laughs> like, this game about a cat is hard sci-fi. It's like, it's like dystopian future. It's crazy. You, you see this game, you're like, oh, you play as a cat. It's cute. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh no, there's, there's some weird shit going on in this thing. It's like, I don't really care about that. All I want is to find my cat friends. Yeah. You know? Now, granted, the beginning where you're with the cat friends and you just look boring as shit, but still, that's what he's looking for. Or she. Just trying to find a cat friend. Yeah, I was going to say, it's a, it's a, there's no gender assigned to the cat. Yeah, it's true. 
anyway, uh, I'm also playing. Did I talk about Jack move? I think I did. I don't know if I talked about Jack move. Anyway, that's a little, it's a little bite size. It's a, it's a bite-sized RPG. It's like six hours long. It's awesome. It's like a pixel art cyberpunk RPG. Really, uh, really fun game. Um, really cool. And it, it was a nice antidote. Like if you're looking for that kind of classic turn-based JRPG experience, but you don't want to spend, you know, a hundred hours in one, that's a pretty good one. Uh, really, really creative, really clever and, uh, respects your time you know how much i love games that respect your time i do i'm watching the the clip for this on steam yeah it's cool and then it's got a cool uh, ghibli-esque ghibli-esque character style yeah a little bit uh the eyes uh, what? jack move i think i'm watching the same thing jrpg yep. unique blender gritty cyberpunk storytelling turn-based battles beautiful modern pixel art yeah, I don't know where the Ghibli stuff is. This, comes is, from, is, this the, is this the game? No, I'm watching. The, I think I'm watching the the trailer video. That's why. Oh, I see. Yeah, that's why. I'm watching a little trailer of the the girl walking around, and there's the pixel art. I see it. Yep. Pixel art. Is this really the game that you wanted that. me to try? No. Uh, you said there was uh, some. Probably not. Okay. Might might be know. from a different discussion. It might be blending things together. This game looks cool. Though. I'm all about a. Uh, it's not. It's not turn based, is it? No, it is. It's totally turn-based, yeah. Definitely yeah. Turn-based. Down okay. with playing a little turn-based game that respects my time. Yeah, a little bite-sized RPG. It's fun. It's good. Is this a, is this a Switch thing? I play this on Switch. I played it on Switch, yeah. Beautiful. <laughs> yeah, it's good. It's a good time. Uh, so I did that, and now I'm playing two games. Whoa, that is wrong. I mislabeled this in my sheet here. So on Switch, sticking to that, I'm playing Easy Come, Easy Golf, which is basically our little history. Clap hands is a uh, is a prolific developer largely known for their collaboration with PlayStation working on Hot Shots Golf also known as Everybody's Golf in yeah. uh in Japan and Everybody's Golf worldwide for PS4 and about 2 years ago I think when Apple Arcade first came on the scene they released a game called Clap Hands Golf on Apple Arcade well that game has been ported to Switch as of about a month ago and and it came out called as easy come easy golf so i'm playing that game on my switch and uh that game is a technical disaster <laughs> <laughs> like it is problematic across the board but god damn it i can't stop playing it um the game is still fun it's crashed a couple times there there's a patch so it hasn't crashed since i've updated the patch but the gimmick is like you play every hole has a different character so you rapidly unlock characters and then you assign a character to a hole each time you play and uh it's an interesting gimmick uh there's some issues but overall it's still fun it's hot shots and it's all i'm really looking for there's some things that they changed like they don't have the rising shots where you know you would do a like the three button prompt where you you know you tap once then you set to start your swing tap against set power tap against set accuracy in the games on ps4 and before that you would be able to control spin and stuff and do like these crazy super top spins and back spins to set a ball on fire and that kind of stuff that was always fun can't do that here uh it's a bit more streamlined that's also to account for the touch controls which are optional which i don't use but also because it's a port of an apple arcade game so i get it it's it's, uh it's still fun that's what i'm playing on my switch and on ps5 i've been playing a game called roller drome which is a God, how do I explain this? It is a like Tony Hawk meets, but you're but you're rollerblading, maybe roller skating, 
um, but it's also a third person shooter and it's got elements of ghost in a ghost in the shell. There's like some mechs in there <laughs> that look like they're a ghost in the shell. And it's also got elements of uh, rollerball. So in the, in the narrative. So yeah, you throw all those in a blender, put a cool, uh, cell shaded art style on it. And that's roller Jerome. And I'm having a good time with it. It's pretty cool. It's getting kind of tough now. I'm a little bit more than halfway through the game. And it's very creative, very interesting, very unique. And it's a lot of fun. Really well done. Cool. You looked that one up? I did. I'm looking at it now. Looks yeah, cool. it's, it's very I interesting. I probably won't play it, but it looks cool. Yeah. I, I don't know if it's on PC, but that'd be a good PC game because with a mouse it makes things easier. But it's just like super novel concept that's just very well executed. Sometimes that's all you really need. You know, no need yeah. to no need to get crazy. Just give me a cool hook. Don't outstay your welcome. Get the fuck out of here, and uh, and and let's let me have a good time. Yeah, it's cool. That's what they do. I like the art style. It's got a lot of it's got a little bit of Jet Set Radio in it. Totally. Yep. A little yep. bit of that in there too. Absolutely. Yeah. Maybe more Jet Set Radio than Tony Hawk. Yeah. Because it's got a very simple. Everything in the game is simple to do. Yeah. You don't yeah, even like need it's to got, hold It's got a bit of both, move. but it definitely like the art style for me just immediately says Jet Set Radio and it's kind of grinding on stuff and. And and you know, kind of you you break physics pretty quickly, yeah. Um, but yeah, it looks cool. But yeah, I probably won't. I probably won't get to it. But it looks cool. Yeah, it's a fun time. So that's uh, that's it. Got a lot of cool stuff coming out soon, though, because we got uh, it's Christmas time. Well, like get close. close to it. Yeah, I mean, look, yeah, the so. stuff is in stores. But I got got Bayonetta three at the end of the month. That's gonna be on Switch. Very excited for that. I'm basically trying to make sure I'm not in the middle of something when that comes out. So I got Bayonetta three coming. We got um the new oh man what's it called plague's tale plague's tale requiem i think that comes out next week i think oh man comes out tuesday Woo! get hooked <laughs> that's happening and then november 9th god of war ragnarok man there's a lot of games being made this game looks, some- this, this game looks fantastic i just clicked on i just just clicked on this real quick and i was like this game looks great what a great looking plague's game tale, plague's tale requiem yeah oh my god what play a, the original what a visually beautiful looking game yeah it's gonna be on game pass too but play you want an interesting game to play play the original plague tale innocent that just shows uh it's a very cool very cool concept it's kind of fucked up they may or may not kill a dog in the first 10 minutes of that game in a i mean we're getting way. to the point where where but this game looks incredible. the stuff i'm seeing in games is not too far off from what i do every day <laughs> like yeah. it's, it's close it, sure there's still some some breaking from telling that it's a video game and not a not a you know a photograph um but man we're getting close aren't we (laughs) yeah there's um so one of the things you should look at is uh i guess is uh their rat physics that's like a big part of these games there's like a plague like that's the plague it's like there's like this whole thing going on it's supposed to have these rats and uh Oh, there's a swarm of rats. Oh, so like a rat swarm is a big part of the game. Yeah. yeah, Oh, absolutely not. Oh, (laughs) this is awful. What is this? (laughs) I was all about this game until you showed me that. This is awful. Yeah. And this headline, they say, has now revealed the more unnerving fact that the game will bring 300,000 rats to the screen as Uh -uh. compared to the first game's 5,000. Yeah, 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 yeah. And their little beady eyes. Oh, God, this is horrific. (laughs) <laughs> no way in hell I play this game. Are you now out of your I know, mind? 
Now I know I was like, yeah, bring us the happy games, but uh, God. give me the happy endings. Maybe this will have a happy ending. I doubt it. This at least you know what you're getting into immediately. It's called A Plague Tale. What did you think was going to happen? I don't you know. They it? name video game stuff all the time. These rats, <laughs> although I am quite impressed that her just waving the torch has the rats moving out of the way like she's parting the Red Sea. Oh, yeah. That, was, a, that was the big. Yeah, the first game was more like a puzzle game. Then, like, it wasn't much of an action game. I mean, there were some action elements to it, but yeah, a lot of it was like you'd move, move, you'd move room to room and you'd try to solve like these puzzles using the light to get rid of rats. And this new game will probably have a bunch of that, but also more of like a, it's more of a stealth action game. I'm excited for this game because the first game was so, so good and kind of came out of nowhere from the studio that. You know, the studio actually works on Microsoft Flight Simulator, which is interesting. Hmm. But otherwise, it was a focus home interactive game. And they usually put out these kind of, you know, B tier or double A level Euro jank games. And that's not a bad thing. But the fact that that game was so polished and so well done and the story was great. And yes, had French people in it. Great game. Great game. Oof. Great game. Sorry. Uh, sorry to ruin your day. Man, I didn't want to see that. I'm sorry. But it's impressive tech. It's impressive tech. So if you're trying to avoid games with rats, don't don't play that. that. Don't play uh, and don't play Dishonored. Although Dishonored is like one of the best immersive sims ever. Dishonored 2 is an incredible game. But yeah, there's a bunch of rats in that thing too. Mm. Yeah, anyway, you're welcome. (sighs) I think we've reached the end now that John has got to go throw up. So yeah, he's abroad.com. I'm not going anywhere for a little while now. So I'll be around. I don't know about you. But I'll be around. So maybe yeah, maybe there won't I mean, be as big of a break between the next one. But we'll see. You know? Yeah, Look, let's it, see. At the let's end of the day, don't count on it and just appreciate the uh the surprise here. and yeah. the gift that we can deliver into your uh, ear holes there. So have, you're welcome. Have the have the Russians stop making comments on the videos. Yes, finally. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah. For now. They they may come back. We'll see. I'm on right. I'm on Russia alert. All right. So, yeah, uh, until next time, he's abroad.com, that kind of stuff. Subscribe, review, be cool. And uh, until next time. Oh, shuck it, duck it now.